say so. And the word of the Lord says, and the Lord God said, it is not good that man should be alone. I will make him a helper comparable to him. Out of the ground, the Lord God formed every beast of the field and every bird of the air and brought them to Adam to see what he would call them. And whatever Adam called each living creature, that was its name. So Adam gave names to all the cattle, to the birds of the air, and to every beast of the field. But for Adam, there was not found a helper comparable to him. And the Lord God caused a deep sleep to fall on Adam, and he slept, and he took one of his ribs and closed up the flesh in its place. Then the rib which the Lord God had taken from the man, he made into a woman, and he brought her to the man. And Adam said, this is now bone of my bones and flesh of my flesh. She shall be called woman because she was taken out of man. Therefore, a man shall leave his father and his mother and be joined to his wife. And they shall become one flesh. And they both were and they were both naked, the man and his wife, and were not ashamed. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Father, we love you and we honor you this morning, Lord God. We thank you so much. For the privilege that we have, Lord, to worship, to adore you, Lord God, and the privilege that we have to hear your word, Father God. We thank you because we have been given the opportunity, Lord God, to walk with you and to know you. And we ask you this morning, Lord, that you would speak to our hearts, Lord God, that you would give us ears to hear what your spirit is saying to your church and I pray, Lord God, that you would utilize me as your vessel, Lord, to bring edification, Lord God, restoration and illumination even to the lives of my brothers and sisters, Lord God, with regard to this topic, Lord, of marriage, Lord. We thank you for this and we give you praise. In Jesus' name, someone said, Amen. you may be seated in the presence of the Lord. This morning, we are continuing on in our series by the book, and we spoke about being single a few weeks ago, praise the Lord, and, and I told you that we were going to come around the mountain of marriage. Hallelujah, glory to God. We were going to get to this place, and, and, and I plan to, if the Lord will allow me, to spend the next three weeks speaking on the topic of marriage. It is vitally important that we have a good mindset and good understanding with regard to marriage. If you're a single person who is considering being married, this is a wonderful message for you. Hallelujah. If you are a person who is married, this is a wonderful marriage for you. And even if you have a good marriage, I guarantee you if you will embrace the principles that are going to be shared, you can have a better marriage. Amen. Mm-hmm. Hallelujah. You felt that one? Glory to God. I, I, was, I was walking in the store the other day, and someone's going to, you know, try to sell me something. Because I don't know, you know, people do not approach my wife to sell her anything. I don't know what it is. It's like I got this thing on my face that's like, just go ask him. He's going to give you the time of day. And so as I'm walking into the store, the person stops to, you know, ask me whatever the case was. And I said, no, I'm good. And she's like, well, well, you know, you're good, but why not be great? And I'm like, glory to God. So I encourage you with the same challenge, glory to God. You might be good, but why not be great? Hallelujah. And so we find here in this particular portion of Scripture, it is directly dealing with the first marriage. And the title of the message this morning is, For This Reason. For this reason is what we're going to be speaking about today. And we find here in the book of Genesis this um, story here that is a, a, it is not a fictitious story, but it is a real story, a true story of the first marriage that is in the Word of God, the first marriage ever that took place. And marriage is the oldest and first covenantal institution established and celebrated by the human race. 
And we find this here in the book of Genesis. And why is that? Because the book of Genesis is the book of beginnings. It is the place where we find all of the first of everything. We find the beginning of the world and what we know of it. We find the beginning of, of animals. We find the beginning of life, the sun, the moon. We find the beginning of all of that. We find the beginning of family, the beginning of wars. We have the first murder. And in this particular story here, we get to look at the first surgery you know, there was surgery that took place. You heard, you read it with me, right? The Lord, the, the, the Lord caused him to fall into a deep sleep. In other words, that was divine anesthesia, glory to God. <laughs> caused him to fall into a deep sleep, and when he fell into the deep sleep, then what did the Lord do? The Lord opened up his side, pulled out a rib, and he went to work over here and closed it up. So we see surgery, healing. We see it all taking place, glory to God, in this moment. Amen? Amen. And so we find here we have this surgery, and that surgery preceded something which was this marriage ceremony and as I was reading the text I began to realize you know guys if you're not married there is something that should take place before you get married you should go through some kind of surgery mm -hmm. you should go through some type of cutting and removing and pulling some stuff out of you and putting some things in order there should be some dealing with your heart and notice it was from his side and so there should be some things that go on and see sometimes some, just sometimes we don't understand that we got to be changed and that things need to be changed in our life. And therefore, we enter into marriage unchanged. And now we're in marriage needing to go through surgery. But I'm here to help you, glory to God. I'm here to let you know that God wants to make sure that your marriage flourishes the way that he designed it to flourish. Amen? The reason why this message is so important is not just because of us that are sitting here today, but I believe that this is an important message because of where we are as a nation. Hallelujah. Because we're presently living in a very defining time, especially in regards to marriage. You see all these different things that are being said. If you're paying attention to the news and you really, you know, listen to what's going on, you know, what, what, what is acceptable? What should we call a marriage? What should constitute a marriage? And it is very, very important for us, church, that we are not just sitting by being silent. Amen. Uh-huh, because I heard, I heard like three amens, cause I, and, and I'm not telling you to go and get a sign and boycott places and all that type of stuff, but what I am asking you is that if your opinion is asked or if you happen to be in the, in the vicinity of a conversation that is dealing with the topic of marriage, that you would be bold enough as a witness for Christ to just speak up and say, no, nah, that's not the design of God. If they're speaking of something that doesn't align with what the word of God teaches. You know, remember, I, I, let, 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 let's go back for a moment because I know sometimes I get into these series and this is like the seventh message in this series. And you forget the original purpose. The original purpose of this series is that we would go back to the book, that we would go back to the word of God and that we would take all of our principles for living directly from the scriptures, not from the opinion of so and so, not from the thoughts of this person, not from what society says, but directly from the one who originated life which is God Almighty and he has given us clear blueprints to every area of our life he does not stutter especially in the area of marriage he is crystal clear what marriage is supposed to be when he went over here now I'll just look look at the text with me I'm not gonna get on this for too long but when you look at the text you will find that when God said and I, I want to point this out because this is something that a lot of preachers allude to something else like if God responded to Adam's cry for a need for help no 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 that's not what the text said look what the text says in verse 18 it says and the lord god said it is not good that man should be alone i will make him a helper comparable to him 
And then it says, so he, you know, he, he says, out of the ground, the Lord God formed every beast of the field and every bird of the air. He brought it to Adam. And so here's what happens. God communicates something. He says, God, he saw something. He, he knew that it wasn't good for Adam to be alone. And then he says, okay, Adam, here, here I'm going to prove my point to you. I'm going to show you what I'm talking about. I'm going to bring every other thing that I created that walks and breathes and has any similarity, all the mammals. And I'm going to bring all that stuff to you. And then you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to let you figure out that you need a helper. So he, so, so he goes on ahead and he shows Adam this, brings him all of these animals. And then it says, but there was no helper found that was comparable to him. And I want you to notice that Adam was not, and, and, and this is going to bring me to my first point. So let me just help you to repeat this with me. The first thing, the first thing, repeat this with me. Marriage. Is to be filled with purpose. Marriage is to be filled with purpose. I want you to notice something. Adam was not supposed to, because some people have this crazy idea that before the fall, that man wasn't going to work. See, that's why I'm going to cry. Wait, 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 wait. Listen, some people just think that folks are just going to walk around and get a suntan all day. That, that, that's what some people think. But the scriptures te teach us clearly that God made this garden and he did what? He took the man that he created, he put him in the garden, and he said, get to work. He, he didn't just say, you know, just go around and pick some weeds once in a while. That isn't what he said. He didn't say just walk around and make sure. No, 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 no. He said he put him there to work the ground, to labor. So what does God do? God gives him a job, gives him his ministry. His ministry, Adam's ministry was what? It was to work in this garden. That was it because there was no need for preaching of salvation because everybody was in that innocent state, right? But he still had a job. He had ministry. And in the midst of this, you know, working hard, breaking his back, God didn't pull out of him, out of him another man, did he? Mm-hmm. He didn't pull out of him. He said, well, this guy got some hard work to do, so I'm going to bring out of him another man. That isn't what he did, did he? Never, never, never. He pulled out a woman, one that was comparable, not someone who was supposed to be just, you know, under him and all this. No, but someone right from his side, supposed to stand right beside him. They were supposed to walk together and complete and fulfill what God had called them to do. Amen. So he gives him purpose. He gives him something to do. Adam was already involved in his God-appointed ministry. And the last thing that we see is that God says, he says, listen, he says, this is not good that Adam be alone. It's not good that he be alone. I need to bring him someone. And so we talked about the single, and we talked about being single. And I said that, you know, being single, you should not be over here feeling all incomplete. You remember that? I'm glad Jameek remembers. Praise the Lord. Pastor Aldo remember too, hallelujah. The reason why we pointed that out is because you got a lot of single folks that are just over here just dying for their mate. Listen, I'm not telling you that you shouldn't be waiting for the one that God is going to connect you with. But what I'm telling you is you shouldn't be desperate. You should let God complete you. Hello. If we would allow God to complete us, I'm going to say it like this. We wouldn't fall into sin so much. But trying to compensate, I know I'm talking about marriage, but I got to talk to my singles for a moment. Trying to compensate for our incompleteness, trying to compensate for what we are lacking because God has not filled that void. What do we end up doing? We try to fill that void. And so we got to enter into a sexual relationship. Hear me now. And what is the reason we got to do that? Because if I don't do this, you might leave me. Hello? But if we were complete in Christ, 
You gonna leave me? Praise the Lord. That's a sign. You ain't the one. <laughs> you you gonna go? Glory to God. That's one checked off the list. There you go. God has something better. But we find here that Adam, notice again, I, want, I, I need to point this out. Adam wasn't sitting there having a debate with God, saying, God, you know, you gave the bull a cow. You gave the buck a doe. What's up? <laughs> you going to hook me up? Gave the rooster a chicken? Everybody got the hookup except me. I'm up in here naming chicken, rooster, buck, you know, doe, whatever. I'm, I'm going through it. I done it all, Lord, but where's mine? Where, where's my comparable? <laughs> that wasn't the conversation that was had. God communicated. He, he said it's not good for man to be alone. Why is that? Because Adam was incomplete. No. Adam was complete, but the purpose of God was not complete. And without a helper that was comparable to him, the purpose of God would have never been fulfilled. Why? Because Adam would have been walking around the Garden of Eden and he would have been working hard, working hard, but we would have never been produced because you needed a man and a woman to come together in order to produce offspring. Hello, somebody. So the purpose of God would have not been completed. So the purpose of God wasn't complete, but Adam was complete. As a matter of fact, he was so complete that God had to pull out of him what he needed. Hello? So we find this wonderful situation here, and it gives us the first example. Looking at that verse 18 is that marriage must be filled with purpose. In other words, when you get married, you should be unifying in purpose. In marriage, you should be focused on serving the Lord and fulfilling the purpose of God. You cannot be going in this direction, and I am going in this direction. We must both be going in the same direction, and that is the direction of pleasing the Lord. Hallelujah. That is what should be happening in the life of every man or woman of God. And, and like I said, for the single folks that are considering getting married, listen, you need to make sure that you are marrying someone who wants to walk in purpose with God and is not going to be a hindrance for you fulfilling the purpose of God. Hello? Very important. Don't, don't just pick him because he's cute or because he's got money or because he drives a nice car because he knows how to talk. Hello, those are a dime a dozen. Mm -hmm. I know, I know you didn't want to hear that. Make sure, young lady, that you are seeking God first and foremost, and that you make sure that you got a man of God that he is, listen, that, that he, I'll put it to you like this, that he almost don't have time for you because he's so connected to the Lord. I, I know you want to hear that. And fellas, fellas, be the same way. Don't begin to, look, if if she's dressing all crazy, you need to check that right quick. Be like, oh, oh, oh. Listen, she's going to be a Delilah. I, I, know, I know you don't want to hear that. What, 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 what do you think is going to happen? Young man seeking the Lord. Got some, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm going to use a word that I heard some brother say, a foxy mama. Hello. That's my brother Eddie back there. That reminds me of him, you know. You, 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 you think that, you listen, I don't care how much of a man of God you are. If you got someone tempting you all over the place, hello, what do you think is going to happen? I'll let you put it together. Listen, young people, marriage is about purpose, not about convenience. Let's go to my second point. 
Repeat this after me. The purpose of marriage, purpose of marriage must, not must not be distorted. Look at Genesis chapter 2 and verse 24 with me, please. By the way, verse 23 is the marriage vows. Glory to God. We see this beautiful ceremony that takes place. You know, whenever I feel bad about the, the shortness of the marriage ceremonies that I do, I just look at this one, glory to God, because this one was real quick. It was real, look, look, look at it. It's, it's real quick. God, God walks her down the aisle and says, here, here, here's the woman. And what does he say? He said, Adam said, this is not bone of my bone, flesh of my flesh. She shall be called woman because she was taken out of man. Therefore, a man shall leave his father and his mother and be joined to his wife, and they shall become one flesh. Verse 25 says, and they were both naked, the man and his wife, and were not ashamed. So obviously we see a, 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 a process there that he comes. He brings a woman there. They do the ceremony. God communicates. Glory to God. Now they're blessed, and we're going to get to that third part in a moment. But the first thing or the second thing is that the purpose of marriage must not be distorted. And what do I mean by this? And nowadays, and again, remember what I said, we're living in a vital, vital time now because we have marriage that is, you know, being redefined or trying to be redefined. And you got all of these different things. But we see that marriage in many cases, unfortunately, and this is within the church, very important young people, very important single adults. A lot of times, you know what marriage is? Marriage is the sin cleaner upper. That's what it is. It's the sin cleaner upper. I want to be right before the Lord, so I got to get married. No, you don't. You need to repent. Mm -hmm. you, 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 you ain't got to get married to be right before the Lord. You, you went wrong before the Lord before you started sinning. Mm -hmm. How about that? Uh huh. Good preaching. Glory to God. Sin. Sin, church is only dealt with through repentance and the power of the Holy Spirit, Amen. period. If you do not repent, hear me. This is what we try to do. We try to cover up our sin. There is only one cover-up for your sin, and that is the blood of Jesus Christ. Amen. And that can only be applied when you repent of your sin and turn away from it. Hello, somebody. I know, I know that's not popular, but this is the reality. So why do I say this? Because we have this mindset in many situations, oh, we just need to get married so that way we're going to be right. Listen to me. That's not what needs to happen here. Marriage is not the sin cleaner upper, nor is it supposed to be something that's for convenience. Hello? See, because we have that mindset too. Well, you know, we've been together, whatever, you know, let's just go ahead and get married. Is that, is that right? Is that how marriage is supposed to be? Just nonchalant? We're just going to get into this? What, what happens if it, did, did you think through some things? Glory to God. That's the reason why we have our premarital counseling for our couples that want to get married. They got to sit down with me for five weeks or whoever's doing the class for five weeks. And we got to ask some in-depth questions. And as I continue to do this, I put more questions. Glory to God. I started out with like eight questions. I have like 16 now. Glory to God. I'm doubling up. Glory to God. Because what happens is as I sit down and, and, and I go through the premarital counseling, I start to realize, you know what, there's more that I could ask. There's more that they need to ask themselves. There's more that they need to dig up because it ain't about me because it, it's not. I Listen, that's your business and your decision. At the end of the day, you're going to do what you want to do. But you know what the premarital counseling does? It should help you really consider, do I really want to get married to this person? Hello? Listen, and, I, and, and, I've, and I've seen people, not very many, because don't, don't, don't get it twisted if you're, you know, getting, thinking about getting married, saying I'm not, I'm not going to premarital counseling with Bishop after I say this. But listen, I've had a couple of folks that they've decided, you know, we ain't going to get married. <laughs> it came to me, you know, I'm, <laughs> I'm like a lawyer just messing stuff up, you know, I'm just, me everything just there. We, we were, 
<laughs> happy on the way, and no, all of a sudden got intercepted. Listen, that, that's okay. That is all right if we can intercept some bad decisions. Hello? We want to be, you know, preventive. If not, we're going to be in marital counseling for months for no reason. Why? Because you didn't count the cost. You didn't count the cost prior to getting into marriage. And so we cannot distort the purpose of marriage. So what is the purpose of marriage? The marriage is a covenantal partnership. This is what marriage is about. Marriage is a covenantal partnership in which Christ is exalted as man and wife execute his will and plan within their lives. Again, I want to repeat this because today is the foundation. Next week, I'm going to be talking to the husband specifically. Wives, you get to hear it. The following week, I'm going to go ahead and talk to the wife specifically. And husbands, you get to hear it. Glory to God. So you can remind them. You can buy them the, D, the CD, Glory to God, and say, here, this is just a reminder. Keep this in the car. Listen to it once in a while on your way to and from work. And just be reminded of the principles that are there. But today is just foundational, Glory to God, for everybody. So everybody gets a little bit of this. But, but the reality is that when you are in marriage, marriage is a covenantal re relationship. It is a partnership. You are coming together in this marriage to be one, to conquer every mountain that is before you. It is not you trying to conquer a mountain, and I'm sitting over here sipping lemonade no, no 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 it is us together overcoming obstacles that's the reason why they say the vows they didn't get the vows from the bible because obviously you see how short the vows are here but they get them from the principles that are in the scripture and that's the reason why they say for sicker for poor for or, or for for richer for poorer in sickness and in health the reason they say all that stuff is because you know what when i am going through sickness as a husband my wife is going through sickness as a wife even though she is not feeling it physically she is connected with me and vice versa when my spouse is going through something I am there to support him or her through whatever it is because we are a couple that is together with the purpose of God and we are going forward to conquer we are going forward to overcome we are going forward to be the example that God has called us to be that is what marriage is about it's not about getting together until things get tough and then I'm going to go my way and you go yours no it's about us sticking it out and getting to where God wants us to be that's what marriage is about because you're going to go through hardship I know it's great in the beginning and wonderful honeymoon glory to God everything's wonderful but guess what when all the fizzle dies down and trials and tribulation rise up guess what that's when the proof comes out of that pudding hello that's when we begin to see who we really are and if we are really that partner that is in that covenant through the thick and the thin amen mm -hmm. see in this scripture here in verse 24 it says this it says therefore man shall leave his father and his mother it doesn't mean that he's going to forget about them. It means that he is going to leave that home. He is going to leave that environment. He's going to leave that place where he may have been responsible for certain things. He's going to leave that place where he was codependent. Hello. He's going to leave that place to where he can now lead his own family. See, that's why it's not unbiblical. Because, you know, sometimes we, we, I don't know, we get like all, you know, super spiritual. Oh, we do, you know. And, 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 and if, a, if a young lady feels like she wants a man that has a good job, there's something wrong with that. Now, I'm not talking about a gold digger. I'm, that, there's something wrong with that, definitely. <laughs> oh, he got to be banking on it. You got issues. But listen to me. Listen. listen. <laughs> there is nothing wrong with a woman letting, I, I, I was, and, and I, I tell you guys sometimes, I was, I was talking to one of the therapists, you know, she's a young lady, and um, 
I was sharing with her, you know, about, you know, I, I tell her what I'm going to preach on Thursdays because, you know, that's the day that I usually get prepared. And so I was talking to her about the whole single thing and the, the message that I preach. I think I told you all she got an earful because I was getting ready to preach this message. So I just preached it to her first. Glory to God. And, um, and, 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 and the last time we were talking, she asked me what I was going to preach. And I said, well, I'm starting the, you know, the portion on marriage. And I began to you know, tell her about that. And then I said, you know, I'm, what I'm going to do, though, is I'm going to sit down for you. I said, because you know, I care about you. And, and I know that you know, you're praying about a man and all this good stuff. right? And I said, so you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to sit down in front of my computer as I'm doing my studies. And I'm going to put together a biblical, not, not, not a Jason list, a biblical list of criteria of what a woman of God should be looking for in a man. And can I tell you something on that list? I haven't done it yet, but on that list, one of the things that's going to be on there is a brother need to have a job or on his way to getting one. Hello, somebody. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Listen, 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 listen. He needs to be responsible. And the reason why I say on his way to getting one, because when I met my wife, I didn't have a job, but I was on my way. Amen, somebody. See, they, 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 they tried to talk my mother-in-law out of the whole thing, and I thank her for being a woman of God. And she said, listen, if that's the man that God has for my daughter, that's the man. Leave me alone. Glory to God. Hallelujah. I praise the Lord for a woman of God, a woman of faith. Hallelujah. She saw something. But I was on my way, glory to God, to doing what God called me to do. It wasn't like I was just sitting down, you know, well, I was just sitting down doing nothing. And praise the Lord for coming into my life and helping me to move my way. But that's what I'm talking about. That's how, that's how I knew. I was like, this is purpose, glory to God. She's going to propel. She's a helper. She's grabbing it. Let's go, brother. What's up? Uh-huh. Sometimes you got to push him, right? Glory to God. But listen, I'm going to put in there in parentheses, he must be motivatable, glory to God. If you can't motivate him... You like that one? You better write it down. You better write it down. Motivatable. I don't know what word to use there, but anyway, it's all right. You can put it in the dictionary. Go ahead. Go ahead. Put it in there. Even if it is a word, glory to God. Able to motivate, whatever. <laughs> good. I was trying to hold out, but glory to God. I just had to give you one. But it's part of the criteria. Is that you got, I mean, there are certain things that, that are right. Look what the scripture, the scripture says, for this reason, a man shall leave his father and his mother. Because what? You don't want to be caught. Mom, 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 can I borrow some money? I can't, I can't pay the bill. What? Uh-huh, uh-huh, glory to God. He goes on to say, we'll move on from that point there. But he goes on to say, and the two shall become one flesh. He's going to be joined to his wife, and the two shall become one flesh. In other words, they are going to no longer be going in separate directions. They are going to be unified in purpose. Here's the reality. If a marriage lacks true devotion and unity with each other, the marriage will suffer from a lack of satisfaction that every marriage can have. And, and this is in my heart one of the most important things, it will distort the true picture a Christian marriage should project within society. If you and your spouse are not connected, not truly unified, then what happens is you will lack satisfaction in your marriage, whether it is emotional, whether it is physical, whether it is financial, whether it is spiritual, you will lack true satisfaction. And you know what? You can only hide that lack for so long. Did you hear me? You can only hide it for so long, but you know what should be happening? What should be happening is that our marriages are so unified and so one, you know, together that we are walking in the satisfaction that we are able to have that we should be having in our marriages. And that way, when we get around folks that are dissatisfied, hmm, 
We don't join their dissatisfaction club. Christians shouldn't be joining, you know, the marriage bashers club. Husband bashers, wife bashers. We, sh we shouldn't be joining that club over there. We should be delivering people from that place. You hear me? We should be setting them free from that stuff, not joining in the pity party and comparing all of the woes and the negatives of my spouse to theirs. No. But can I say something? It requires both of you to be unified and desiring to walk in that satisfaction. It requires both of you to be together, loving each other the way you're supposed to, submitting and honoring each other the way you're supposed to, doing the things the way the scriptures teach, because that's the only way you're going to have that consistent satisfaction. Listen, I want to let you know, I have a great marriage. Great marriage. It's not a perfect marriage, though. And there's some days it's better than others, glory to God. There's some days I just get on her nerves, praise the Lord. Some days I just, she, she just, you know, she just, what's wrong with you, man? And I'm like, all right, babe, I love you. <laughs> Forgive me, I'm still a work in progress. Some of that stuff must have got stuck when I was going through my, you know, cutting away. <laughs> but listen, nobody has a perfect marriage. But we can all walk in satisfaction. We can all walk in the blessing that God wants us to. But we cannot distort the purpose of marriage. Amen? The third thing, please repeat this after me, and I'm getting ready to close. The purity of marriage. I, I know y'all were like, is he going to stop? Let's, let's, let's try that again. <laughs> the purity of marriage, purity of marriage. Must, be must be maintained. Verse 25, look at what it says here. I love this verse. It says, and they were both naked, the man and his wife, and were not ashamed. When I sat down and read the scripture, I understand that being naked is a place of being vulnerable. It's a place where you are the most susceptible to hurt, injury, or whatever the case is. You hear stories. I mean, you know, I mean, I'm, pr I'm, pr I'm pretty sure you've heard stories. I've heard stories of, you know, honeymoon situations where, you know, the woman locked her husband in the room or locked him in the bathroom or locked him outside in the porch because she just couldn't get to that intimate part. Just just nervous, just scared, just insecure. What Wasn't nothing bad. You know, she's just like, you know, she was just scared. She's never been in a situation like that. She's been maintaining her purity. And so in the moment, you know, for them to get naked, hello. There was, there was some fear. And, I, you know, and, and so you hear about situations like that. It shouldn't be that way. It shouldn't be like that. You know, it should be, there's, there should be a comfort in me being, and, and the word naked, I want you to get, get, get out of the physical realm for a moment here with me because that word means bare. That word means to bear. That, that means to, it, it means to be bare. And what, and what I want you to understand is that marriage, the environment that God has created in the right type of marriage is one that each of us is able to bear all without embarrassment, without ridicule, and without rejection. See, it says that they were naked and not ashamed. They were unprotected. They were uncovered. They, didn't have, they, they had nothing in between them that wasn't being exposed. And you know what? They, they were not ashamed. They weren't hiding over here. It wasn't anything like that. And what is supposed to happen in our marriages is that is supposed to be the environment. Not just physical barren, barrenness there. But, but it is supposed to be for our entire being, church. Are you hearing me here, marriages? It is supposed to be a place that I can come with all of my fears and I can share them with my wife, and she won't look at me as less than a man. It should be the place that a wife can come to a husband with some insecurities that she may have, and he's not going to tell her, well, you just need to get over that. 
but that he will demonstrate compassion. Marriage should be that place where I can come with my weaknesses, not my deliberate sin. There's a difference here. But I should be able to come with my weaknesses and still, still be able to be upheld as a man or a woman of God. See, but here's the thing. The same way that there should be that environment where I should be able to not worry about embarrassment. I should not have to worry about rejection. I shouldn't have to worry about being ridiculed. Here's the other thing. Equally important as our rights to this within our marriages, our devotion to our spouse should be such that we would do nothing to contaminate that environment. See, because here's the thing. The thing is that this is the design for marriage, that I have that place that I can enter into and I know that I can be me. But here is the, here is the other side of that, is that being me should not be an offense to my spouse. Did you hear me? In other words, I shouldn't play a double life or live a double life. I shouldn't be one way when I'm in front of my family and another way when I am in front of church folks. Hello? See, see, see don't, don't think that this is a license to go and just be, you know, internet porn man. Dishonoring your wife lusting all over the place and you're going to come home and you're going to tell her yeah babe today you know i was on the internet looking at all this you know today i was looking at all of these different things all these different women no you're, you're going to contaminate that environment and guess what's going to happen you're going to find ridicule you're going to find rejection because you contaminated that environment see it's important that we understand that because we will not be able to maintain this environment if we are not sincerely devoted to our spouse if we are not sincerely devoted to upholding the principles that are found in the scriptures, and that is our responsibility, church. We have got to be those kind of people. And I say this one in closing. Your greatest confidant must be your spouse. Did you hear me? Your greatest confidant must be your spouse. You know what that means? Hmm. This is going to bother some folks, but you know what that means? That means no secrets. That means nothing that I can't tell. If I can't tell my spouse, I shouldn't be doing it. Did you hear me? If I, if I can't talk to her or talk to him about it, I shouldn't be doing that. I shouldn't be engaged in that activity. Why? Because it is going to offend them and it's going to hurt them. But here, 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 here's what I want you to realize. The only way that this ultimate and, and most intimate confidant situation is going to work is if the both of you are truly following Christ. If the both of you are not truly following Christ, you're not going to be able to be each other's most intimate confidant. It's not going to happen, church. But if we want to have marriages that are fulfilled with the fruit of what God wants it to have, we're going to have to be those people that are living according to the principles that we find in the scriptures. Amen? So I'll stand to our feet. Give the Lord a hand of praise. Every eye closed, please, and every head bowed. I want to ask you to grab your neighbor's hand, please.